Is President Trump abandoning his thinking on raising the age limit for some gun purchases? Hope Hicks settles in for a grilling on Capitol Hill and add Ivanka Trump to the list of Oval Office staffers caught in John Kelly's crosshairs. This is the State of America tonight. There are a number of good bills to help reduce gun violence in our country. I think the assault weapons ban is one of those. We don't want to have sick people having the right to have a gun. The proposal to raise to 21 is just common sense. There was a colossal breakdown, and we need to get to the bottom of this, how these breakdowns occurred. I don't think we need more gun control laws. Not a single one. No, I think we need more idiot control. I think that there has been a blurring of the lines within this administration. A source tells CNN that Ivanka Trump's visit to South Korea irked White House Chief of Staff John Kelly. You have someone who is uh, not just a senior advisor to the president, but also a member of his family. Hello, I'm Joe Johns, live in New York, in for Kate Baldwin. This is the State of America tonight. What will lawmakers do and when will they do it? Those are the key questions facing everyone from the White House to Congress as pressure mounts to take action on guns. One House Democrat says the Republicans who control Congress are delaying reform. We have not had a lot of support from our Republican colleagues on any of these measures. We have dozens of common sense gun safety proposals pending. We've been unable to get a single one of those brought to the floor for a vote. But if you think the debate boils down to just clashes across the aisle, think again. The Democrat you just heard from has introduced a bill to ban assault weapons. Florida Republican Brian Mast, an Army veteran with an A rating from the NRA, also backs a ban. I'm going to be getting up there and making my plea to my uh, fellow Republican congressmen in our behind closed door uh, conference. You can do a travel ban for people coming into this country. Do a ban on purchases of these assault style weapons, tactical style weapons, so that we can assess the whole situation and get back to the American people in a responsible way. Congressman Mass says some in his party have supported his efforts in private. House Speaker Paul Ryan does not seem to be one of them, though. We shouldn't be banning guns for law-abiding citizens. We should be focusing on making sure that citizens who should not get guns in the first place don't get those guns. And while banning certain weapons may be a non-starter, raising the age limit to buy them seemed to be a possible path forward. Listen to what President Trump has said recently. We're going to go very strong into age, age of purchase. We're going to work on getting the age up to 21 instead of 18. Perhaps uh, we'll do something having, you know, on age, because it doesn't seem to make sense that you have to wait till you're 21 years old to get a pistol. But to get a gun like this maniac used in the school, you get that at 18. And just moments ago, we heard from White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders that the president does, in fact, support raising the age limit on acquiring rifles. More on that in a moment. All of this as the president's inner circle comes under increasing scrutiny in the Russia probe. Today, his longtime aide and White House communications director, Hope Hicks, testifies to the House Intelligence Committee. One lawmaker says he doesn't expect Hicks to answer questions about her time in the Trump administration. And a White House official says that shouldn't be a surprise. Executive privilege is nothing new. That's part of the process that's occurred for decades over many administrations. So that's where we are now. 
Hicks's appearing as a new CNN poll shows that a majority of Americans, six in ten, are concerned the president is not doing enough to protect foreign influence in future elections. The head of the National Security Agency says President Trump has not yet asked him to disrupt Russia's election hacking operations. You would need basically to be directed by the president through the Secretary of Defense. To- yes, sir. As I, in fact, I mentioned that in my. Have you been directed to do so, given the strategic threat that faces the United States and the significant consequences you recognize already? No, I have not. That new CNN poll also shows 60 percent of Americans think the president is not taking the Russia probe seriously. But the president did take to Twitter this morning where he once again reiterated there was no collusion while repeating one of his favorite jabs that the Russia probe is, quote, a witch hunt in all caps. Let's go now to the White House and CNN's Caitlin Collins. Caitlin, this is sort of a tennis match, isn't it? First, it sounds like the president is backing away from raising the age limit on guns. And then Sarah Sanders says completely the opposite. Yeah, that's right. Tennis match is a good way to put it, Joe, because last week in the wake of that shooting, when the president was still grappling with what he should do in response to that tragic shooting, he did multiple times on multiple occasions raise the idea of raising the age limit to purchase certain firearms from 18 to 21. He even tweeted about it, but he also mentioned it during several interviews. And then the president essentially went very silent about it, and he wasn't mentioning it anymore. And that came in light of a lunch that he had with several officials from the NRA. So it raised the question of if the president had backed off that specific idea. We'd also gotten some mixed messages from the press secretaries coming out of the White House, but we just heard the press secretary, Sarah Sanders, say this at the briefing. The president still supports raising the age limit to 21 for the purchase of certain firearms. We're meeting with bipartisan members of Congress tomorrow. Uh, We expect that to be a topic of discussion. He knows that everybody doesn't necessarily agree. We're not going to get into the details on the specifics of what we will propose, but we expect that to be part of the conversation tomorrow. Now, to be sure here, Joe, raising the age limit is not something that has been widely popular on Capitol Hill with Republicans as of yet. And a lot of Republicans are still waiting to see what specific proposals are coming out of the White House and what the president is going to endorse before they get behind anything, of course. But the White House did announce at the briefing today that they are going to outline some specific proposals relating to school safety and school safety gun measures later on this week. So we'll be waiting to see what the White House has to offer and what they're going to expect Capitol Hill to move on here, Joe. And also waiting to see what the National Rifle Association says about it. Thanks so much to you, Caitlin Collins. And just a day before a bipartisan group is set to meet with the president on potential gun legislation, Republicans and Democrats are struggling on Capitol Hill to try to find common ground. CNN's Sunland Sarfati is on Capitol Hill. Sunland? Yeah, Joe, uh, good, good afternoon to you. Uh, it's certainly interesting what Caitlin there was saying that the White House intends to later in the week put out some very specific proposals of what they want to see on school safety and certainly wrapped up into that is the politics of what Capitol Hill is going to do potentially on gun control. Uh, certainly right now, I think the politics of the moment are, are certainly uh, coming into reality for many members up here. In the wake of the Parkland shooting, uh, there was an outcry of support for that. We've got to do something. But the, the question is what exactly that something is. And it's becoming increasingly clear that even the narrowest of the plans among the many up here on Capitol Hill are still hitting 
roadblocks. Over in the Senate, you have uh, Senator Cornyn and Senator Chris Murphy's bills called a fix-nix bill, uh, which talks about background checks. But importantly, it doesn't expand background checks. It just enforces the existing law. And uh, that is even hitting some roadblocks. Even that, though, many senators saying will not be enough, at least on the Democratic side, saying we need to go one step farther. But over in the House, you have Speaker of the House Paul Ryan today, you know, washing a little cold water on all of these proposals, saying uh, basically downplaying the need to pass any gun control measures. And we saw him really blast the um, law enforcement, FBI, saying that there's a systematic breakdown. And that's where the focus needs to be. Uh, But just to echo what Caitlin said, lawmakers up here on Capitol Hill really want to see and hear specifically from President Trump what exactly he wants, uh, what sort of reforms he's calling for, and to stick to an exact uh, version of that. That makes it easier for them as they work up here to potentially pass legislation to move it through. So certainly that meeting that many lawmakers will be having at the White House tomorrow will be very important. Joe? Yeah, big question will be whether that fix-next bill, which is already uh, in the pipeline, actually turns out to be political cover for members of Congress who don't really know what to do right now. Thank you so much for that, Sunlan Sarfati. Still ahead, President Trump is promising action in the wake of the Florida school shooting. But just how far are he and Congress willing to go on guns? Our panel is going to weigh in next. Look at the polls. Americans are clamoring for gun reform in the wake of the Florida school shooting, but U.S. lawmakers can't seem to get on the same page. House Speaker Paul Ryan says he will not back restrictions on buying guns for law-abiding citizens. But now the president seems to be doubling down on his support for raising the age limit for certain gun purchases. The panel tonight, Andre Bauer, CNN political commentator and Trump supporter. He was also former lieutenant governor of South Carolina. John Celeb former chief of staff to former Democratic Senator Max Baucus. Cabot Phillips, a former campaign official for Republican Senator Marco Rubio's presidential bid and the media director for campusreform.org and CNN political analyst Ryan Lizza. So let's get to it. But before we do, I would just like to listen to the soundbite from the Speaker of the House where it sounded like he was putting the kibosh on the idea of substantive reform. Listen. There was a colossal breakdown, and we need to get to the bottom of this, how these breakdowns occurred. To the armed officer who was in the school at that time, to the FBI who failed to follow up on a glaring tip that this young man wanted to shoot up a school. Now, Andre Bauer, you've said before that you didn't think Congress was going to enact substantive reform, and you cited... The culture, the culture in schools. But, you know, a lot of people out there, especially an international audience, would ask, well, what about the gun culture in America and what do you do about that? Well, I mean, we've passed laws for years. I mean, the drug laws, are they working? Are DUIs laws working? I mean, you can pass all the laws you want. Bad people find a way to do bad things and we've got to do everything we can to curtail their behavior, not law-abiding citizens. The folks that will follow the law Those aren't the ones we have to worry about. So there's no question you can change some laws and make it more difficult for someone to get a gun, which we should do. Background checks, possibly gun sales at at shows. There are things that we need to visit, but we also need to, to do more to try to curtail this behavior 
from the start? And if not, how do you stop it while it's happening? Things like having armed people in the school. I'm a state constable 17 years. I have full law enforcement training. I have to do 120-something hours a year. I have to go through firearms training. Get folks like this, most of them in South Carolina, retirees, get them in the schools. Give them a tax break to be a teacher's assistant or a substitute teacher where they're in plain clothes and you don't know who's armed, but these are people that are fully trained, already trained. You're not having to train new people. That, that may be retired law enforcement, but do something. I talked to the governor yesterday about this. He and I had a great conversation, and he's very interested in doing something like this. But whether mm-hmm. you use your state guard or your, your state constable, something to get folks but, in there that can fight back. But you're not suggesting that they ought to do uh, teachers, right? They if a teachers. teacher wants to, I don't think there should be any mandate, but if a teacher wants to go, maybe you, you say, yeah. hey, we'll pay for all your training. If you're willing to do it, we'll do X, Y, and Z for you, right. if a, tra- a teacher wants to do that. Now, th- that's that uh, good guys with guns are going to stop bad what guys with guns. What do you think of that, Ryan Lizard? Well, most of the, the studies that I've seen suggest that the bottom line is more guns, more gun violence, right? right? But speaking of, speaking of uh, uh, these things, yeah. everybody says there's not a single report on that. It, this happens to be a report from 2014 from the FBI yeah. that indicates pretty much that uh, over uh, you know, a 13-year period, there were five instances where people, good guys with guns, stopped a mass shooter with a gun. More uh, people stopped mass shooters uh, when they were unarmed. So it sort of, you know, defeats the whole question. Yeah, it's, um, there's not, and and the other part of that study is that there's an increase in these mass shootings over Mm -hmm, that period as well. And look, lots of countries have mental health issues, lots of countries have all of the factors that we have in the United States. What those countries don't have are mass shootings. And why don't they have the, the, the number of mass shootings? Because they don't have the number of guns. So that's the, that, that is, to me, the bottom line in this debate. But, one, but more on the, on the politics of this, we saw Trump do sort of a classic Trump move with this last shooting. Mm-hmm. He came out and sort of spoke off the cuff about a number of ideas raising the age of uh, purchases for rifles, um, talked about background checks, talked about a number of things that perhaps the NRA was not so enthusiastic about, and then, lo and behold, he finds out what the Republican Party position right. is on these issues, and he starts to backtrack. Now, he hasn't retreated on the age restriction, on changing that, but what you see is what we've seen on so many other policy issues in Washington is Trump is, you know, just sort of makes it up as he goes along, and then Congress and the Republican leadership step in and say, no, Mr. President, right. the party's position is actually this. Well, you know, that's uh, that old... Uh uh, art of war adage when they advance and then they retreat they're trying to lure you but the, the, the question is do you think uh, we are at the end of the day right back where we started with gun control in america a big storm of outrage after something bad happens only to watch it die uh in on capitol hill well, I, I think this instance is different the fact we're still talking about it what a week week and a half later i think that shows that it's something that's sticking much that has to do with these students using their voice using social media things like that to keep the conversation going it certainly feels like there's more political pressure on uh, those in Congress in D.C. to pass meaningful legislation. I still don't know if something will actually happen or if we something token that the Republicans pass. They can say, look, we're making an effort to compromise. And I was at CPAC recently, and it was interesting hearing some of the conservative arguments that, that people were making, gun supporters were making.
making. And something I heard repeatedly, the argument was there shouldn't be a collective punishment. There should be a punishment on individuals uh, when it comes to taking away people's rights, when it comes to passing whatever the gun control measures are. That's something we heard repeatedly saying, for example, the freedom of press. If one journalist misuses the freedom of press, misleads people, you don't penalize all journalists. You penalize the ones that are doing a bad job. And that was the argument I think we can expect to see from many Republicans. So, And, and, you know, this uh, Band-Aid idea, fix NICS is already in the pipeline. The question is, they passed that. Does that give them sufficient cover to go into the midterm elections and say they did something on gun control? I don't think it does, uh, because most people aren't going to be satisfied with that. And look, you know... uh, rights, uh, everyone's got rights here. Everyone's got a right not to be shot at in their school as well. So we, we need to balance rights out against each other. Mm-hmm. Look, what's the big problem here? The problem here is that people have access to guns, semi-automatic, we- semi-automatic weapons that can fire off many rounds in a short amount of time. That same study shows that 70% of these mass shootings end within five minutes. And there's a reason why there's this much carnage in that short amount of time. It's because there are weapons on the street that can kill people very quickly. That's the problem here. And I think people are not going to be satisfied until that issue is directly addressed. And, and, and yeah. I do think, I'm seeing it within my own conservative friends that are gun owners, I can see some of them moving a little bit more towards that, saying, hey, you know, I'm a gun owner, I've got rifles, but some of these the bump stocks, the, the AR-15s, I'm seeing more and more folks that are actually conservatives moving a little bit toward a more mo- moderate position. You know, have you ever fired an AR-15? I have not. Anybody here? I have. Yeah. Yes. Now, I, I have. if you notice, the one thing about it, and I fired one, yeah. is that it's kind of like a toy, right? You know, it's lightweight. You not can move kick. it. Yeah, not much kick. You can move it around. And it feels almost like a video game, only it obliterates mm-hmm. a target. And I just wonder if that's something you want to put in the hands of somebody who's not at least well, 21. I do think that there's a lot of confusion about what people are calling for. I think some people are calling for more background checks, things like that. I think other people are not being upfront with what they're demanding. If you're saying, let's get the semi-automatic rifles off the streets, semi-automatic just means when you pull the trigger, a bullet comes out. I think there's a lot of misinformation there about what an assault weapon is. It could just be the, the change of a pistol grip to a traditional stock grip. So I think a lot of people who don't don't truly understand much about firearms in general or making these sweeping generalizations. And I think that angers a lot of gun supporters and a lot of people that feel as if sweeping changes are being made by people who don't understand the issue. Yeah, that's the job of Congress and the administration to take on complex issues and legislate in this area. And, and time and again, we have auto safety laws that are very complex. We have environmental laws that are very complex. We have a whole host of laws that are really complex, and government has shown themselves capable of legislating in those areas. And, gun, and there's no reason why guns can't be that way. All right, let me jump in. For 10 years. You got it. All right. Still ahead, the new tension in the White House between President Trump's chief of staff and his family is Ivanka Trump walking a delicate line as both a policy advisor and the president's daughter. Alan's going to weigh in next. back now for round two. Does it matter really that she's the president's daughter and a senior advisor? Do we really care about it? Is it just interesting? Does it affect uh, the wheels of government? I think it does. If you look at both Ivanka and Jared, 
we're seeing the complications of, of having family members in these kinds of roles, right? There's a dispute right now between Jared Kushner and the chief of, of staff over his, over his security clearance. There's now uh, mm-hmm. this public spectacle of Ivanka taking on this role. And what happens when your kids are at the highest uh, positions in the White House and government? You can't fire them. They get into conflict with other important members of your administration, and you're going to choose the kids over those other people. Um, Anyone who's ever worked in a family business (laughs) knows what these complications are like, and it's why we have anti-nepotism laws. I've never quite understood, to be honest, Mm -hmm. why the anti-nepotism laws Mm -hmm. didn't apply to the executive office of the president, but I think that was a legal decision that was made. In other parts of the government, you can have family members. Now, you two both have some experience, uh, obviously, in government. And uh, you can look at a guy like John Kelly, uh, who is trying to figure out how to run the White House, and he's worried about the uh, security clearance for Jared Kushner. Uh, and he also knows that Jared Kushner is the president's son-in-law. He goes on TV, the president does, and says, I'm sure John Kelly's going to do the right thing on, the president's, on Jared Kushner's uh, security right. clearance. The only right thing Kelly can do, isn't it, is give him a security clearance. In Trump's eyes, that's right. Right. But but obviously that's a disaster, and it makes no sense to give Kushner a security clearance when all of the security agencies are worried about him getting that clearance. Look, it speaks to the fact that John Kelly is not in control of this White House, despite what, you know, all the the stories that cropped up around his announcement uh, spoke to. And... I think the real danger for the White House now is that you have someone who is viewed, was viewed going into this job as a generally competent person with a real track record. It's going to be hard to find someone else to fill those shoes mm-hmm. in the future, right? Do, do you think this is just gossip, or you, do you think it matters? I don't think the average, I call them the Johnny Lunch Bucket on the street, that turn on mm-hmm. the news for a little while. I don't think it directly affects them. I don't think they feel it. They're more concerned with their take-home pay. Is their kid safe in school? And this, at the end of the day, I don't think most folks care. Now, uh, Ivanka Trump went over to South Korea, as we know, and uh, she was representing the United States, leading the delegation. Is that a problem for the United States that the daughter of the president is going over there? Number one, there are questions about her security clearance, too. Uh, Number two, is she acting in her official capacity or in her presidential capacity? daughter capacity. I think there could certainly be much worse ambassadors to send over to an event like the Olympics than Ivanka Trump in general. She's much more palatable to the general public and she has diplomatic skills that her father frankly does not have and so I think she's viewed as an asset within the White House in in that regard. Uh, The questions about you know what she was discussing with the South Koreans I think those are valid questions for for Americans to wonder about but it's interesting the Kelly perspective if there's anything he values it's it's you know uh, the military kind of rule of law it's the chain of command and Ivanka Trump, really, with her father, is almost uh, has immunity, where she can do whatever she wants. Trump values family over everything else, and I think that's definitely something that's going to bother Kelly moving forward. And anytime you're trying to push back and take power mm-hmm. from someone in Trump's family, it's going to be an uphill battle in the administration. That's for sure, because the one thing we do know is the president doesn't always express a lot of loyalty to people outside his family, but certainly appears very loyal to his family. Thanks so much to you all, and have a nice Tuesday. Uh, Thank everybody. Uh, This is day 404 of the President's Trump administration. That's the State of America tonight. Check out our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. And we'll see you back here tomorrow.
quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 